Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps. The cat cameos. People not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Hello and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you closer to the action. My name is Roxy. Today I'm joined by my fellow host Jay and Amber. Hi! Hi everybody! To keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze. How is everybody doing this week? I have had a week. Same. I've had a week. I'm exhausted. Still exhausted. I'm still trying to wake up from right now because I'm coming off the tails of Bang Bang Con. How was it? I didn't get a chance to catch it. It was fun. I really liked it. Um, I'm glad it wasn't like an eight-hour stream like what the original one was. Um, But it was uh, was really fun. Really nice performances. They they threw it back to a lot of older songs, which was really great. But really fun. Getting to see this concert in multi-view in the multi-movie version, I didn't know where to look. I'm like, they're all over the place. But it was fun. It was really fun. That uh, actually leads us into our topic for today, since we're discussing Bang Bang Con. Um, just recently, BTS's, is it seven year, I believe? Seven year. Seven um, years. Yeah, their seven year anniversary just passed. Uh, and so today, uh, we're going to just have a general discussion about BTS. Um since I feel like all of us have some sort of backstory with them that is pretty significant. First, full disclaimer, the reason why BTS is getting their own episode is that uh, podcast recording happened to fall really close to their anniversary and their concert. We wanted to give an opportunity to shine some more light on them. It's also not going to be the only artist that we highlight solo. There will be some some other artists going to be featured solo by themselves as well. So. Yeah, you can expect that too. So I discovered BTS after stumbling across the 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 We Are Bulletproof Part Two music video, and I'm just like, y'all are gonna clown me for this. I'm just like, of one of the people I saw RM's hair for the first time, and I'm like, who did that to you, and why do they not like you? And I just, I really liked the song and the, like, the oomph behind it. And I was coming off the trails of my favorite group at the time going on hiatus. And I was looking for something along the same flavor. And BTS kind of filled that gap for me. And then I I kept watching, I kept watching. um, New songs would come up. 
like Haruman or Just One Day or Danger. And then soon we found ourselves down the hole of being an army. Um, I got to see them for the first time for the Red Bullet tour. That was really interesting um, to experience for the first time. But sadly, I did end up falling off um, for a while, right around the You Never Walk Alone era to just this past era, the uh, Map of the Soul 7. I guess the music style wasn't really for me anymore, but the new album kind of just woke up the, the like OG army and me and be like, hey, you should start paying closer attention to them. And so here we are. <laughs> I know for me, I've mentioned before, BTS is my ultimate group. I I see that to be the case actually for a lot of people that I know, but, you know, I've stated multiple times that, you know, when I got into K-pop, I was into EXO and then uh, some bad stuff happened. So I had some bad memories of EXO, nothing really their fault. It just so happened that they were associated with some bad stuff. But I do remember at one point, um, a friend of mine sent me uh, a lyric video, actually, of uh, Cypher Part 3. Well, what she did that for, she was like, these guys are coming to New York. Will you go with me? I was like, here's what they sound like, essentially. I was like, oh my God, where's this been my whole life? (laughs) Um, So I was like, absolutely. Um, And then I feel like the reason that I sort of switched over from EXO besides, you know, all of that stuff happening was that uh, BTS has always had a very strong social media presence um, as well as YouTube presence. So I don't remember how it happened, but, you know, I started watching their um, Bang 10 bombs. I couldn't stop. (laughs) Um, I would start doing it. And then like when I looked up and it had been four hours, I was like, holy shit. Um, I just think that they were one of the first groups that was sort of given the ability to showcase part of their true personality. So like when I was comparing them to EXO at the time, um, the EXO members did not have any social media accounts. Um, They had the one variety show that they did, um, EXO Showtime, that was it. So they had EXO Showtime, but that was about it. BTS was out here dropping bang 10 bombs like every single day. because everybody knows in comeback season they have a bang ten bomb, like it's like constant. Um, so that early time was the one they did the vlog still too, right? Yeah, they did also have the personal vlogs on there. Um, so you know, as I was getting to know all the members, you know, I started poking around more on the YouTube channel, and I just really, really connected with how open they were, and it felt like their personalities were given the chance to shine more and that made them more authentic in a way that some of these bigger companies would not let other idols do. You know what I mean? Like SM is very strict about, you know, keeping a certain image for their idols. So they did that to EXO. Um, But, you know, then BTS was one of the first groups that had like a very strong Twitter presence where they were posting selfies all the time and were actually talking to fans back in the day also. Um, But I think that that authenticity is what really drew me in to begin with. And then the first comeback um, that I saw from them was actually Dope. Um, I had known about them for I Need You, but Dope was the one that really pulled me in. And then, you know, when I was having a very, very difficult time in my life, um, The Most Beautiful Moment of Life Part 2 dropped. And just something about 
their music is extremely comforting for people who are our age or younger. You know, there's a certain demographic where it seems like they are speaking to your soul or that if you feel like you don't have people around you that understand what you're struggling through, they sort of were able to convey that they did and present some positive messages and support that people couldn't get anywhere else. So that's sort of how I just fell into it. And, you know, I do listen to other K-pop groups. I have other favorites and stuff, but that memory, that lasting feeling um, of support that they gave me is what has kept me, you know, invested in them for five years now. Aww, I really like that. Aww. The feels are real. Oh my God, we're all getting sentimental. Um, I mean, I, I got to see BTS debut, but I didn't really fall in love with BTS until their School of Affair, Dark and Wild era, those particular albums. And um, I don't know, like back then, I guess because I was just so into BAP at the time that um, I was just like, oh, I like them. I was just like, ah, but I did say back then, like, they look so young. And they were. They really were. And um, that's why I couldn't get into them as much as I wanted to. I mean, if you take look at us now, like, it's hard for us to get into the newer groups that are debuting now. And we're like, we're old, my goodness. But, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until Dark and Wild School of Affair, um, those particular releases, because they released around the same year, um, that I really got into them. And I feel like, not to uh, say that um, BAP is no longer number one for me, because like I said, they are still like a special group to me. They'll always be an ultimate group to me. I can confidently say BTS has taken the platform of being like the very current, does that make sense? Like the very current ultimate group for me. If anything, I've become more trash for them. I'm such a landfill. Like I... I am all in when it comes to BTS now. And like my first tour with them was the Wings tour because I couldn't go to Red Bullet. And um, I mean, I got to see them at KCON that one year, but going to Wings tour was the very first tour I went to with them. And ever since then, I was like, no, I have to go to each and every concert that they do from now on because yeah, it kind of nailed or um, sealed the deal and put the nail in the coffin in terms of my love for BTS. And I'm just like, I'm such trash now. I'm such a landfill. Like, cause now, I mean, Amber can attest to this. I'm like, Amber, I want this. (laughs) I was like, I want this. I should, I buy it. She, she is, she is. And I still think you should buy it. You look cute in it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the the pin collecting game i have it okay i've been pretty good about the slogan buying game not so much um my first one came in but i have been good about not buying a crap ton but um yeah when it comes to merch when it comes to albums I, like don't ask me how much i've spent over on weverse it's a lot a Bro, lot i don't i don't even want to know i buy every copy of every album so like <laughs> When they started doing the the four, I was like, shit. (laughs) 
I mean, like, I'm kind of glad that it was only four. I mean, I'm kind of, like, glad that it's not on the level of what EXO has done. Or Cries what Seventeen's or, or doing for their most recent album. Like, oh, I can't handle this. Nope, nope. Dude, the new Stray Kids album, there's going to be freaking eight versions. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to us? <laughs> they know that people will buy that, it. And even before that, the special insert cover, you'd have to buy eight a lot of albums to get each member's special insert cover. So I'm just like, uh, please, BTS, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like, when there was initial rumors going around that there was going to... Or, like, no. For their Map the Soul Japanese version, there's, like, people were freaking out. Like, there's eight versions, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm going to pass. <laughs> this one is going to... I'm going to pass on this one. I remember Wings was the first one that went to four versions and everybody was like, why is this happening? And then now that's all that happens. <laughs> that is... That album and the the No album are the only two I'm missing, surprisingly. And then everything else I'm, I have. I don't have all the versions, but I have at least one of every album now. I was, uh, I was broke uh, last year, so uh, I didn't have the ability to keep up my collection. So I've been catching up. Like, I've almost completed Tier now, which means I have to go on to Answer and then Persona and then Map of the Soul. Uh, <laughs> if you look at my collection, because I have all of their, um, you know, like, summer packages and the nows and the everything. Literally everything. Map of the Soul is so obnoxiously huge. Like, every time I see it in the it's store, I, I, I'm I staring at it. it. I didn't buy it because I literally have no place to put it. It's so big. So you're if saying bu- they're not going to fit on my shelf? It depends on how you have it stored on your shelf. Because I'll send you a picture of how mine are stored, but mine can't even fit up. Like if it just wants to be sitting upright, nope, can't even fit. I have to you lay have it on to the lay side. Them, like flat. Like Roxy, it's the size of a cookbook. A little bigger than a cookbook. Okay, hey Roxy, you've seen the 80s, the last 80s release, right? Yeah. Okay, it's that thick in a box format, but the size of a cookbook. Jesus Christ, why would you do that at Big Hit? Like, I was so, like, I was uh, shocked Pikachu face when it came out. I was like, ah, Oh, like, whenever I um, go to Target, because for, I mean, for at least U.S. fans, you can buy the album at Target. It's so obnoxiously huge, it has to sit with the vinyls. It can't sit with the rest of the (laughs) the CDs. It has to sit with the vinyl records, because it's that big. As I do not live in the States at the moment, do you know if distributors like Target um, report the Hanto and Guyon charts? That, I don't know. Um, I mean, the sticker is on there. Um, so I would, I would hope that they get reported. I would hope so, too. Be, uh, I haven't looked into, like, distributors like Target and Barnes & Noble doing it, because Barnes & Noble also sells their albums. I know, because I know that's physical album sales are a big deal when it comes to charting, so. Speaking of that, I know that, you know, when you mention BTS, um, 
the reaction that it gets out of people is uh, very telling, especially these days. You either get the like super positive reaction or you get an eye roll. Um, I know being a foreigner in Korea, I'm always asked of like, oh, do you know BTS? Do you like BTS? And I'm just like, how does anyone not know who they are? Well, you know, as someone that became a fan of them before they were so internationally recognized and sort of watching that happen, I'm not going to lie that I have a little bit of, I don't want to say resentment, but I just don't, I don't really like that it feels so well known. It's almost like a hipster thing, right? Like, I want them to be successful. I want them to, you know, do well worldwide. I just sort of hate what comes with that especially in the united states and as like the first really big korean group in the united states you actually sort of see how bad the prejudice is and like i i I just see so many cringeworthy things that surround them and i just i don't like it very much and the uh the prejudice cringeworthy things is the fact that like if any other group goes over there they all get called bts and it's it's really frustrating, I think, for, like, other groups, but as BTS as well, because, like, what are they saying, that BTS looks like every other Korean or every other Asian? That's a very popular thing for especially white people to say as a white person. <laughs> um, the number of people that have asked me, like, how do you tell them apart? I'm like, what the, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like... <laughs> How do, how do you tell any people apart, first of all? I mean, as K-pop fans, like, we come in, like, having to learn people's faces and basing it off hair color, but, like, I'm sure Jay might be able to um, attest to this and you as well as, like, like, I can recognize my bias's hands and, like, his <laughs> mouth now. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, you give yeah. a shot of, like, an elbow, you're like, I know exactly what elbow that be. Or, like, you, you just look at their lips, I was like, oh, I know exactly which member you're talking about, just based off that. Like, for me, like, going back to BTS, um, like, my, my BTS bias is RM, and, like, I can, like, tell who that, like, who he is if he was standing backwards, or if I only saw, like, a third of his face. Like, yep, that's RM. That's my boy. That actually reminds me. Um, you know, when Epic High came out um, the, with the We've Done Something Wonderful album, uh, and the title was No Thanks. And, you know, Such a like, good album. So, it is an amazing album. Uh, I don't trust anybody that doesn't listen to Epic High. But my point is, if you listen at the very end, you know, of the song, you can hear a voice chime in. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, that's Yoongi. Yoongi's in there. Like, I know for a fact that's Yoongi. And I don't remember how long it took them to confirm that, but, like, eventually they came out and said, yeah, Yugi has, like, two lines in this. And I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew it was him. I am waiting for, like, the rest of Rap Line to, like, be brought onto tracks like that. Because, like, RM has done, what, one or two collaborations with MFBTY? And I would love to see, like, J-Hope and Suga on different uh like k-hip-hop tracks as well i'm gonna get on my rm love and high horse for a minute my big issue when i became an army was the fact that everyone dragged 
Namjoon to Helen back for his looks. Um, excuse me. He's um, so handsome. Right. I'm just like, have you not seen him? Like, hello. I mean, for me, what really solidified the deal with BTS was actually RM's mixtape. And I'm just like, um, have you seen, like, I don't call K-pop idols daddy, but like, RM gives off some major daddy vibes. Oh god, you went there. You <laughs> went there, bro. <laughs> no, um, actually, that is very interesting, because I saw, I saw BTS uh, when they came to KCON in 2016, uh, and that was like the first time I saw Namjoon in person, and I was like, oh my god. He's so, <laughs> he's huge, and he is super attractive, so I don't know why people were always, like, clowning him. He is really fine. Like, Lord help me. Like, the same thing with, like, J-Hope. Um, oh, don't get me started! Oh. People would clown J-Hope, too, and I'm like, like, when I saw them during Wings Tour and was blessed by J-Hope with crotch to the face, I was like, Girl, me. Girl, me, too. We had the same, <laughs> we have the same experience. I'm just like, ever since that day, I'm like, I was also blessed by uh, Jimin's water bottle that day, so like, that was a day where, like, I was baptized into the fandom, so to speak. That's true, Yoongi baptized me. That's how he kept me for five years, and how he's gonna keep me for ten more. Probably will never get that feeling of being that close in pit to BTS. <laughs> so, I mean, I got, I, clo- I was on the floor, but, I mean, close enough. It's too, like, these days, like, even back then, the pit was real dangerous. Oh, yeah, I can't even imagine. You can't even be in it now. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I mean, of course I'd like to be where the extended stage is. It's just you got to be lucky when you get those tickets or be ready to drop a large amount of money. You also have to be prepared to fight smaller teenagers. Oh, yeah. Because they get get bold. My friend actually one time threatened to fight this girl. Uh, in front of me because <laughs> she was like, we're small, we can make it through, keep pushing, keep pushing. My friend's like, don't you fucking push me, I'll beat your ass. And like, this girl like lost her shit, she was so scared. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes- Younger she- armies be brave. Sometimes. They're brave, they are sure brave. Oh God, sometimes I look at the timeline, I'm like, I. you can tell when they're younger and I'm like, I'm not gonna mess with this, nope. You can tell when they're younger because they're annoying and intolerant. Not mm-hmm. to, like, go too hard, but I can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to go there because fans were part of the reason that I fell off for so long. Um, I had some really horrible experiences with ARMY. It, I honestly can say it, it took me leaving America and getting exposure to Korean ARMY for me to reconsider, like, getting involved with the fandom again. And the Korean ARMY kind of showed me, like, hey, it's it's not all like that. And I've been able to find, like, other older BTS fans that are foreign fans that have, like, inter- been like, hey, we ain't are like that anymore. So it's been nice to get um, back in without feeling that pressure, you know? Yeah, that's actually something I've noticed because, you know, when I first got into BTS, I made, like, a special K-pop Twitter um, to find k-pop fan friends and i did um i had actually like a number of groups of friends um and pretty much all of them were around my age uh so it was like we were all a little bit older um 
just in like the last two years or so, I would say, um, everybody that I've known has sort of fallen out of being part of the fandom itself because all of us just cannot stand <laughs> what the army fandom has become. And it's, you know, it's huge. And sometimes it does, you know, the fandom does good things. That's true. But there's such a level of toxicity to it that it is just completely exhausting to even entertain the idea of being a part of that world anymore for most of us. Because teenagers, not to be like, too, not to be too controversial or anything, but teenagers are much more willing to die on a hill for something stupid than older people that like don't have the time to do it. You know what I mean? I do want to put this out there for people listening. Jay, Roxy, and I are all over the age of 21. So we've, we've done seen some shit in the fandoms. Um, I also want to say every fandom has their toxic fans. It's not just ARMY. The ones in ARMY tend to be the loud majority, though. And it's just because are, the fandom is so big. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be outliers. There will always be outliers within the fandom. And definitely, I kind of feel that where it's just like very proud to be an army but there are just some individuals that really really can ruin the experience and it's kind of like this is why i'm so hesitant to like interact sometimes because it's just like sometimes you just never know me too like i'm a multi-fan like i love a basketful of groups like but when i get told like oh you're not a true army because you listen to all these different groups um, like, you need to, like, focus all of your energy at ARMY. If you can't, like, cared for BTS that much, you'd put more energy into it. And I'm just, like, I ain't got time for all of this. That reminds me, too, of, I don't know if it's just the bigger fandom in general, but I feel like armies push the streaming thing to an extreme. Like, I hate, first of all, I hate being told what to do. If somebody tells me to do something, I'm going to do the exact opposite because I'm not doing what you tell me to do. But the way that they push, like, keep streaming, we have to hit this number at this time, or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's, that's, nah. Why? Just, can't we just enjoy the music itself? Why do you have to push it so hard? With the change, the recent changes to the melon chart, streaming isn't even going to matter as much anymore because it's based off unique listeners now and not mass streaming. Thank God. And to all of those listening, streaming doesn't even play a major part in vote in like award shows. Take a look at the article. We have like a three-part series on how like Korean music shows work. Take a look at that, and you'll see what you really need to be focusing your energy on. Isn't it based on sales, primarily? Physical sales for a majority of them, too. Um, something I also wanted to bring up is, like, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Um, about, <laughs> about, like, in terms of, you know, telling people what to do and stuff like that. It's, like, um, I hate feeling like fans are invalidated because they can't participate in a certain thing. Like there are some arm, like take Bang Bang Con, for example, um, a few armies, they couldn't either wake up because they have other obligations or they didn't have the money to stream or buy the whole thing. And so sometimes it's like, Oh, I can't participate 
but that doesn't make you less than a fan, you know? And I, I hate that. I hate how, um, how just because you can't participate in this one thing or you can't buy an album or you can't watch the music video right away makes you not a fan. And also putting down people who are multis, going back to what Amber was saying, like I consider myself a multi and I'm just like, yeah, so I like other groups. People are allowed to appreciate and like other music. And also if you want to listen to BTS and that let like, and let it be only BTS that you're listening to. Okay. No one else is judging you, but you shouldn't judge other people for listening to other artists. I think we all can agree here in this podcast Outside of the K-pop realm, we also have other artists that we listen to. Me, for example, I love Lady Gaga. I love Adele. I like Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. You know, I, like, it makes no sense why you should invalidate another fan just because they like different artists and they like different music. That is what I don't like. And I think it goes across all fandoms, not just BTS, um, not just ARMY. So kind of honing in here um, a little bit more to the reasons why BTS became so successful uh, and why people are salty about it. (laughs) I actually, you know, wrote a piece on this for our our mini, mini magazine about BTS. I mentioned before some of the stuff that they've done that's really sort of opened the gate for them, I would say. Um, I think one of the big things I wanted to highlight, especially with Yoongi, Um, was that a lot of them are very forthcoming about their struggles with mental health. And that's something that I feel like a lot of other groups don't even like begin to touch, or if they are, they are more recent groups, you know, like I know Stray Kids um, sometimes does stuff like that. But like the the generation that BTS came from, they still weren't really allowed to do that. Um, So just being genuine about their music and you know, spreading these sort of messages, I think, is what really, really skyrocketed them above everybody else. And on top of that, I don't know, I just feel like they sort of like, because, you know, they did American Hustle Life, and we don't need to go that much further into that. But the part about American Hustle Life that I think was a big deal was that they sort of went to the roots of the music that they were trying to you know, focus on and had a deeper understanding of it uh, and what the meaning of it was, which makes it far more genuine as well. You look at it like this is a group that has overcome blood, literal blood, sweat, and tears to be where they're at now. And, you know, it's just like to see their journey from when they started seven years ago till now, it's like, whoa, like they've done a lot they've done a lot. And then, um, during Bang Bang Con, uh, I think it was Jin that mentioned it. Um, just, it put into perspective that like a day or two ago, that technically their contracts would have ended with Big Hit, but because, you know, they have this bond with each other, they overcame so much, you know, things together. They, they've extended their contract and we're still going to see BTS for quite some time and it's just seeing their growth and them continuing to grow is just I'm always in awe and it's just like how do they always manage to top every single little thing that they do 
what do you have up your sleeve now? Like, really, like, I know that, you know, they can only go up from here, but I'm just like, huh? <laughs> How do you guys keep doing this? Because it's so insane. And it's inspiring because it's just like to see that type of drive and, um, and passion for what they want to do. And even just wanting to be there for the fans. It's just, I'm sorry to the, like other artists out there i'm saying this in general not to just k-pop groups but you can tell when somebody just genuinely loses interest and doesn't want to do it anymore but with bts like you you know like yeah they're 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 in it for the long run and i I, that's what i really appreciate about them and it's just like i'm getting emotional i'm getting emotional (laughs) i do i do though want to point out you know even though we've been quite starry-eyed about them so far um as somebody that has you know feels like that their music saved me maybe from myself watching the way that they've shifted focus um can sometimes to me be kind of kind of a letdown so like i'll give an example um when love yourself first came out the the first title track on her was dna um which was very, I don't know if generic is a good word, but that was what came to my head. It was like a very generic pop song with, uh, focused on like mass appeal, right? Because that's really what got them exploding all over the United States was DNA. But I didn't like the message of DNA necessarily because to me it was very like generic love song as in like oh my god i'm so in love i need you blah 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 it was not it didn't feel like there was a lot of depth to it um so that era was not my favorite but when they came back with fake love um and sort of tied the whole story together of like you know dna is the beginning of this situation where you're infatuated and you don't really think about anything else essentially and then fake love came out to sort of tell the story of a lack of having like showing your true self because you're so infatuated with another person that is really what you know made me feel like they were still genuine in a sense you know because when it started it seemed like they were turning to try to do some sort of mass appeal thing in the united states and i i don't like i don't like popularity chasing if you know what i mean um, which is also kind of why I'm not really a big fan of K-pop groups that release albums in English for that very reason, personally, anyway. But it's just stuff like that. And sometimes I felt that a little bit about with Boy in Love, or bo- not Boy in Love, Boy with Love, two very different things. Um, and then, you know, the comeback here with uh, Black Swan, that felt... Maybe I just like really like the darker stuff instead, and maybe that's just the main factor. But I, you know, I've always sort of had an adverse reaction to the way that they shape their music in, you know, trying to make it more Western. I think that's fair um, because what um, people have to realize is that we're not always going to like every single thing that our favorites put out. And there's definitely a lot of debate that I've saw on, 
on the timeline when I was on Twitter about this. And it's just like, again, it kind of goes back to the whole, you're allowed to feel different ways about how you feel about albums and releases. You know, I can, I can say for, um, there were just some things that I was just like, okay, like I like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it. And the overall, but there was always another song that I felt like should have been like the title track um instead and we're gonna but it doesn't take away that the song is bad or anything it it's really good it's just not your cup of tea and I think that we're allowed to feel that way and have certain feelings and we're allowed to criticize like you know and have an opinion about how we feel about it so I think it's fine but it's those people who are who will come at you that will be like, oh, you don't like this, blah, 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 blah. That is just like, listen, we're all entitled to our own opinion. If you, like, you can agree to disagree. And leave it at that. Leave it at that, you know? And I I totally get it. Because it's just like, not every time is it going to be. They hit the mark every single time. You know? No, I totally agree. Like, I was one of the like earlier in the uh, episode, I mentioned that I fell off the wagon and I really did. Like uh, from love yourself to now, like I think before Map the Soul, there was like six songs that I would listen and how many songs have they released since then? Like I took a personal offense to map of the soul persona because when june dropped the intro persona i was getting excited because i was like yeah we're getting back to the old grungy sound like the old roots for sure i was there i was there for that i felt that and then boy with love come out and i was literally was like what the fuck is this shit i felt so betrayed um and but when we got to Map of the Soul, I'm just like, huh. Like, there's some stuff that leans into that darker feeling. But then other songs, like, you can definitely tell 100%. It was only made to top a chart and to top a chart only. That's it. Like, this, the, like, appeal, like, the feelings that were there when I first got into BTS, I don't feel them anymore. And so trying to, like, that, it, June's intro, and then uh, Yoongi's uh, Shadow. It was Shadow, right? Or Ego, Shadow. Shadow. It's Shadow. <laughs> and then Yoongi's Shadow came out of nowhere, too. I'm like, these are the little nuggets of the old sound that I miss. And, but now I think it's just, they're, they're, Music isn't, it's really hard to form, I'm trying to form this thought without pissing off the millions of armies that might listen to this. Um, The appeal isn't there anymore. Like they're making songs simply to line their wallets now. Like it's not, they're making music for the sake of money and not making music for the sake of music. Does that make sense? Well, I also wonder too if part of that is because 
the producers of the songs rather than being you know just their in-house producers that we all know are very talented not to be biased or anything um but like reaching out to popular western pop producers that work on stuff you know what i mean uh there is a particular person that i'm not going to name but everybody in the fandom hates her uh that you know it's like people like that i just wonder if that's contributing to that overall feeling as well I mean, they also have some really great producers that we've had the opportunity to, like, even chat with, like, Candace Sosa, and um, we have an upcoming interview um, with another producer. Um, your hint is he uh, helped work on Inner Child. He was one of the producers of Inner Child and has helped write some other very well-known K-pop songs, but we've had the opportunity to chat with him as well. And I think, like, you can definitely feel their influence in it. But it's like, I miss like, I don't want to say authentic Bangtan, but like I miss feeling their touch in the music. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think this can sort of also transition into our next discussion, which may be a little bit controversial. Um, ooh, ooh, <laughs> I, even when you told us this, I was like, this is going to get heated. A big question for a lot of people is whether or not BTS is K-pop. People argue about this constantly, pretty much. I'm just going to go ahead and give my simple opinion here. Um, BTS, yes, is K-pop because they are Korean. They come from a Korean company, and that's how, you know, they started. So, yes, they are K-pop. That's just, you know, what I have to say. Yeah, my sentiments, exactly. Like, yes, like... BTS is this worldwide group and everything, but they're still K-pop because they're Korean. Their music is, it's still in the realm of Korea and they're still promoting in Korea. They're still from Korea. Korea, Korean is their language, their primary language, and they still very much actively promote in Korea. So yes, they are K-pop. When we think about me, like as the, the, the magazine, team member who lives in Korea, when Korea thinks about music, they think of things in like Korean popular music, and they think of idol music. Do I see BTS as K-pop? Absolutely, they're Korean popular music. But do I necessarily think they fit the traditional idol music mold anymore? No. I think there's not much of a debate for us, (laughs) because I think we all kind of have the same consensus that, yes, BTS is K-pop. Um, personally, I kind of want to talk to somebody who who views as, who views the other way that BTS isn't K-pop, just because it's like, I, I want to know why you think that way. You know? I wish we had somebody on, on here to, like, pick their brains at and be like, so why do you, like, and just hear them out. Hear them out as to why they think about it. Because it's like, I could probably do devil's advocate on this one. Please do. Okay, Roxy, let's hear what you're going to (laughs) say. So, I mean, just obviously it's not necessarily my point of view, but I feel like a lot of the arguments that people put up for this situation is that the reason BTS is not K-pop anymore is because their main focus uh, audience-wise is no longer just Korea or 
just Asia itself, but that it's worldwide. And I don't really get how that would work, considering that's kind of true for a lot of other groups, <laughs> like God Seven, Monster X, Stray Kids. I was about even to say Stray Kids even released an English single. Like this is the way that things are trending. Um, but I feel like the people that want to say BTS doesn't count as K-pop anymore is because they're too big. Um, they don't fit into the sort of niche mold of a K-pop group because, you know, we're all older. So we remember a time before K-pop was as expansive as it is now. Right. So it was more like a niche interest rather than like anybody having any idea what it was. So people now know BTS outside of K-pop, essentially. And I think that's what the main argument is. Um, it's probably based more on personal feelings than on actual fact, uh, because they're Korean, they come from Korea, that's K-pop. Like, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty straightforward, <laughs> if you ask me. I do want to, like, put this out there, though, like, not... Like, music that comes out of Korea doesn't necessarily always have to go, it's K-pop. Um, like, not every artist that comes out of Korea associates themselves with that label. So, like, I can understand why some people might be like, BTS isn't K-pop, but they fit the, the idol mold for majority of the check marks, not all of them. But there's also those people that like, mostly from a Western music standpoint, they're trying to force not just BTS, but like other groups into the box of your Korean music. Like, I'm gonna call them out. Uh, who was it? MTV or Billboard? Whoever made the Korean artist category. It was, I think it was MTV. Um, MTV, you only made that category so the other groups couldn't play with the Western members. If anyone is responsible for trying to shove people in the molds, it's the Western music industry. Because at the end of the day, like, it's just music, just in another language. Ooh, tea. That's it's, tea. It's also kind of how, like, K-pop aside, it's kind of how they shove that towards Latinx music. You, there, when you think about it here in the Western world, you know, there's a lot of Latin music that is so popular in the Western industry, and it has numbers, but they get shoved into that little corner of they can't compete with the big boys, you know? And I can I can see why, like, the frustration came out when, um, when all of these award shows were coming out. I was like, why are BTS considered in the big leagues especially you know they're breaking all of these records they have all of these sales blah 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 blah. you know i get it i understand it because yeah i definitely feel that too um and it shouldn't just be in that mold of just here is your k-pop category because it's it, it's just like now it's just not k-pop anymore you know so i wonder also if part of the argument about BTS not being K-pop is sometimes they come up on charts that are not just the the K-pop like circle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I but a lot of lot of other groups come up on like those world music charts or like pop popular charts um, on different platforms. So like I would call their bluff on that. I mean, yeah. 
I agree with you. <laughs> I'm not like arguing that, you know, that okay, makes fair. sense. Yes. But yeah. Oh no, Roxy, you're devil's advocate right now, so I'm gonna push your buttons. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. So yeah, like I mean I could see it, like why people are like, no, BTS is in K-pop and everything. I it, it, there's a line, you know, it's just like, I, I still think BTS is K-pop just because, you know, that that's how we were introduced to them and they're still in that realm. Of course, I want them to get the recognition that they deserve. Of course, like, we all just want to see our favorites succeed, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, at least in my opinion, you know, they are still K-pop because they're most active in Korea, especially, well, especially right now, because they're confined to being in Korea because no one can travel. <sighs> Rona. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it, it's such a debate that it's, like, kind of have to tiptoe around it, too. Anything, really, this day and age, anything about BTS, you have to tiptoe around it because people Their fans have- are so volatile. Not even the fans, the anti-fans, <laughs> the people that don't like them. Everybody's volatile about it for really no reason. But then again, isn't everybody volatile, like, all the time anyway? They just channel it into something that doesn't matter here. That's not, like, a big deal. It's just, like, a K-pop group. Like, don't take it so seriously. Okay, I'm going to get a lot of people in my mentions about this, but, like, as someone who really enjoys BTS's new stuff, I'm really tired of seeing BTS everywhere. Burnout can happen. Like, it, it, it can happen. It's kind of, like, for me, it's just like, when are y'all going to take a break again? Because it's just like, you, like, y'all have been working so hard. You know, I know you want to go, like, technically right now, you guys are kind of on a break. But, like, you know what I mean. You know what I mean when I say it. And, like, burnout does happen. And sometimes... I'm not saying it goes for all and um, it's different for everybody, but it's just like, you, you kind of want to break from your favorites too and be like, okay, let me take a step back away from it real quick. Come back to you when, you know, I'm ready to. It gets to me the most during like award seasons, honestly, like this past award season, there was a, BTS won an award for something that I honestly think they shouldn't have got it for. Um, what awards, was it? awards are notorious for that, though. Like, they're notorious for being, like, skewed and not making the right choices. And for a long time, that was against BTS, but now it's not anymore. Because they want to give BTS the award regardless because they know they'll get the views. Yes, that's very true. I'm still salty that Boy With Love beat out Fear. Fear is such a good song. Holy shit. <laughs> and they should have, that dance should have got best dance performance of the year. That's why uh, uh, I know we've never touched on this subject before, but uh, the, uh, the award season, all of the awards are trash. Uh, they have been trash for years and they mean nothing. Uh, not to get all cynical and stuff, but that's just kind of fact. GD himself dissed Mama, literally on stage. Like Good. you, ha- you have you not seen his Mama performance before they all like dropped off the face of the planet to go into the military service? Like he literally was like, "Oh, Mama, you hand out a participation awards to make all the kids happy." 
Facts. But like to be I'll honest, when it comes <laughs> when it comes to award season, I'm only here for the performances at this point because like Roxy said, yes, these award shows you can you can tell when they're there's such bias in it and you know like it's not as fair as it should be. It just reminds me of the early days because I remember a mama when BTS didn't even get a full stage. Uh, and now they get all the stages. It just, uh, it's like a very grim reminder of how not, not good things are for that. But getting back on topic, um, I think most people, if you have a rational conversation about whether or not BTS is K-pop, the people that are going to argue that they are not are people that just don't like them straight up. Like, (laughs) I just think that's how it is. Yeah, I think it's, um, when it comes to the whole debate about whether BTS is K-pop or not, I mean, everybody, like I said, is entitled to their own opinion. And I think at this point, it's like, you can just agree to disagree. And let's just move on. Because at the end of the day, what matters is that you're going to be supporting BTS regardless. Like, I don't, personally, I don't think it should even be a debate. Because BTS is BTS. And you know, we're here for them. Yes, they are K-pop. Yes, that, 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 that's what it is. They are K-pop. But let's focus back onto the real issue of, okay, let's just focus on BTS themselves. My opinion there. The rule for K-pop fans should always be focus your energy on your faves and not everyone else. That's actually kind of the energy that every person should have about their life. Focus on what matters to you and just ignore everything else because it's not worth throwing fists over most of the time, especially when it's K-pop related. Throw fists when you need to. Like when it's something you shouldn't need to throw fists for, throw a fist. Yeah, uh, fist throwing uh, is important in other realms, just not in K-pop. We, we encourage civil disobedience in this household. Anyway, before we move on, um, we have been talking a lot only about BTS, Uh, but I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that we do still have some mini-zine issues for BTS. Um, They were produced uh, for the Love Yourself World Tour 2018, Um, so it's basically a fun little mini-magazine that we have um, that goes through their entire you know, timeline uh, between debut and at that point, 2018. Um, And also features some really cool deeper stuff, like, you know, the literary influences that went into Wings, um, among other things, fashion behind what's going, what their comebacks are, things like that. So uh, we do only have a limited number of copies left for the BTS minizine, and they are cheaper than our uh, full quarterly issues. Uh, so if you go over on our website, uh, there is a list of how many we have left. So be sure to grab your copy before we run out. Keep an eye on our store uh, because the, these mini zines may be something that you will be seeing in the near future as well. Today with our final, final topic uh, for underrated groups, uh, we're going to look at D-Crunch. D-Crunch is a nine-person company from the All-S Company. Uh, they're a very tiny 
tiny group. Um, they debuted in 2018 um, and did a number of promotions in 2019, but they only have two, two EPs and a single album. And they actually just recently released a new single. Their new single was a freaking bop and a half, though. Their new single is very, very good. Um, whether or not, you know, you like some of their older stuff. Um, their debut song, Palace, uh, was very dark, I would say. Maybe not necessarily in sound, but the concept was pretty dark. But they went all out for the latest single. Like, it opens up and one of these children, one of these young boys has, you know, a blindfold on. I'm like, what are y'all doing? He's like, five. Tone that shit down. Their peak chart positions are actually below the 30s, so they're not, you know, getting that many sales, um, which is very interesting because uh, if you watch their latest single comeback, I'm afraid I'm going to pronounce it wrong, so I don't want to say it. But it's they, like Parrot or Periot or something like that. I don't know if you pronounce the T or not. That's my main concern. It's uh, French. Yeah. <laughs> Their latest comeback, the song is very good. Um, it has a very good structure. And their choreography is actually very eye-catching and is done very well, which is, it's actually kind of strange to me that more people haven't caught on to them. I realized that I had heard their song, Are You Ready?, in passing one day. And I'm just like, oh, I know this song. I don't know from where, but I've heard it before. It's like, if you... If you go back and listen to it, I'm pretty sure you two might have heard it somewhere, too. Because I was just like, how do I not remember this song? I have a little special place in my heart for D-Crunch. Because two of their members are from the city I live in in uh, South Korea. And I'm just like, look at you little minions. So cute. And I swear that I've seen them around during, like, the Lunar New Year holidays and Chuseok. Definitely for me, um, it was a name, like, D-Crunch was a name that I've definitely seen around, but never really got into their music until, like, we picked it up for this week, and I'm still listening to the rest of their stuff, because, I mean, they're, they're, they do, like, there isn't a lot out, but they still have a significant handful of songs, and it's just, like, I still need to learn names. I think that's the trend for me whenever we do these. It's like, I'll listen to the music first before I go into the music videos. Just because I want to I wanna see, or listen, see, oh my goodness, hear what um, they have. That way I can be like, oh, okay, I, I like this sound. Okay, let me go into the music video later. But definitely another group that has a lot of potential to, to be a big group in the future. And I mean... They've been around for two years, right? And their most recent one is is a jam. Like, I agree. Periot? Periot? Whatever. However it's pronounced is a really good song, and you guys should really give it a listen. The, the highest number of views that they have on a music video right now is at 1 million, so definitely go check them out. Give them some love. We all know how difficult uh, it is to gain attention in this industry. Well... It's been a week. I mean, it's kind of hard to like keep track of time now, <laughs> but definitely my biggest thing that I want to say in regards to everything that we've talked about today is just like, hey, 
how you're feeling um, in regards to, especially BTS, you know, we're going to all have differing opinions and we're going to feel some type of way about certain things. But please, my biggest request is don't invalidate other fans who are trying to do their best at, at what they can do for themselves. Like, you know, all of us here, you know, we, we have the ability to access certain things and are able to do some other things, but we would never put down another fan just because they can't do that or they can't participate. So please, like, I, I see it a lot. Please don't invalidate another fan just because they can't participate. Regardless, they're here for BTS and we're all here to support BTS. D despite our opinions, despite how we feel, our goal should be focused on BTS. And any of, it goes for any of your other favorites too. If you're, if you're a multi, okay. If you're just a BTS fan only, fine. Other than that, take care of yourselves, guys. I know we are living through some times right now, all important and all also very dangerous at the same time because there's still a pandemic going on, guys. Um, so please take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. We, like, at least us as the craze, we support you in your love of your faves. What we don't support is shaming other fans in their love of their faves. Just, like, love who you want to love in the K-pop world, whether it is, whether or not it is the tiniest of rookie groups or, like, BTS themselves. Like, we don't have any offense if you want to just love one group and one group only. You do you. Um, just, at the end of the day, we're all K-pop fans, and once upon a time, we were all made fun of for being K-pop fans, so just enjoy the fact that you can love your favorites out in the open. Stop bullying each other, for God's sake. Yes, we say it all the time. Don't preach that you want a positive mental health space and then be a bully to other people. It's not funny. Stop being a damn hypocrite and stop treating people like crap. That is my PSA. And that goes for all groups. It goes for all groups and fandoms. All right. So as mentioned before, you can check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Craze Magazine. We've got some fun stuff going on um, and some cool stuff that is in the works that we can't really talk about yet. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And everybody, be sure to stay safe. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.